0: I strongly believe that you can be successful without sacrificing your health or your sanity in the process. You ready? Let's design the optimized version of you. Hello and welcome to the Optimize Yourself Podcast. If you're a brand new optimizer, I welcome you and I sincerely hope that you enjoy today's conversation. If you are inspired to take action after listening today, Why not tell a friend about this show and help spread the love? And if you're a longtime listener and Optimizer OG, welcome back. Whether you're brand new or you're a seasoned vet, if you have just 10 seconds today, it would mean the world to me if you clicked the subscribe button in your podcast app of choice. Because the more people that subscribe, the more that iTunes and the other platforms can recognize this show. And thus, the more people that you and I can inspire to step outside their comfort zones to reach their greatest potential. And now onto today's show, which, to be honest, is going to be a bit of an experiment. As a longtime listener, you already know how much I love to do in-depth interviews on a variety of topics, whether that's allowing everyday people to share their personal and their inspirational journeys, or industry experts and world-renowned authors who share their expertise to help you optimize a specific area of your life. But today, what I want to do instead is give you an insider's glimpse into the world of my Optimizer coaching and mentorship program and what we call the Hot Seat. What you're going to hear today is a recording of an actual live session with an optimizer student where on the hot seat, we tackle various questions, whether that's about career transitions, productivity, workflows, networking, burnout, habit formation, resumes and websites, and any other number of work life challenges that students bring to the table as they navigate their own paths towards success. In the following hot seat session, community member Paul Dalvacchio and I discuss the new world of negotiating working from home, whether that's with existing or potentially new clients. Paul is a freelance promo editor and colorist making the transition to writer, director, producer, and he's trying to maximize his downtime when he's waiting on clients while also giving them the confidence that they are still a top priority. Our conversation is centered around the new standard that we are trying to set for the 21st century, which is that we no longer get paid for the hours we work, we get paid for the value we bring to the project. Now, one quick caveat, the sound quality for the session is less than ideal because of a microphone malfunction on my end. I apologize for that, but I thought that this session was so good and it can be so helpful to you. I decided that it was time to listen to my own advice that I often give my students. Don't pursue perfect at the expense of good enough. So there it is. If you find these sessions valuable, we're going to be sharing Hot Seat Fridays with you every week that are going to be jam-packed with practical, real-world strategies that you can easily apply to your own lifestyle and career to send you off with an action plan for the next Monday ahead. And if after listening to this, you're wishing that you could schedule your own Hot Seat session, I invite you to join our community of optimizers, where you are going to find all the support and connections you need to optimize every aspect of your life. Just go to optimizeyourself.me slash optimizer to learn more about the various coaching and mentorship options available so you and I can start working together today. All right, without further ado, here is today's Hot Seat Friday session with Paul Del Vecchio, made possible today by our amazing sponsors Evercast and ErgoDriven, who are going to be featured just a bit later in today's episode. And as a quick reminder, to subscribe so you don't miss future interviews just like this one, visit optimizeyourself.me slash podcast. Moving on next, we have Mr. Paul Del Becchio. Are you with us, Paul? I am. Awesome. Did you shave since oh, yesterday? Is that just me? I yes. <laughs> I was going to say, wait, who is this guy? I recognize you by the fedora, but from the, the eyebrows yeah. down, I don't know who you are. So oh. what is our hot seat topic for today? Um,
1: yeah, so negotiating, uh, working from home when things go back to
2: normal.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, when that time comes, which right now seems like it's eons away, uh, but yeah. still, I know that you want to plan for the future. So give everybody here, including me, just a little bit more context to understand what our conversation is going to be about.
1: One of the main issues that I run into is, you know, my, my commute is at least two hours in the morning going into, you know, going into Manhattan, and then at least an hour home. So that's three hours of my day that I'm not really doing anything besides listening, you know, driving and listening to an audiobook. So one of the other issues that I have is that when I go into other people's offices, is that after maybe the first day, maybe the second day, I'm sitting around waiting for notes for hours. So it's a lot of wasted time. So what I would like to do is work from home and kind of mitigate that so that I can you know either take on another project while I'm at home or I can work on my you know my macro goal and uh, yeah so that's that's basically where I'm at
0: and I know that I know all these answers but so everybody listening has a little bit more context what is it that you're working to transition towards so you don't waste all the the time all day long waiting for notes because to some people they'd be like Are you kidding me? You get to sit around and get paid and do nothing. I'll take it. And for you, it's the worst thing ever. So tell me why.
1: Yeah. Well, right now I work as a promo editor and a colorist. And what I do is, um, well, what I want to transition uh, to is uh, a writer, director, producer. So, you know, while I'm at someone else's office, I can't really, you know, concentrate on any of that work. I'd rather, you know, whenever I have downtime, be able to schedule, you know, my own, uh, my own
0: stuff. Got it. All right. So our topic is, how can I negotiate with either current or future employers so I can work from home? But right. that's not a question. Mm-hmm. Give me a specific question. When we talked about this yesterday, I said, come to me with a scenario, like a specific client or a conversation, because I want to I get really specific about this.
1: Sure. So how would I even bring that up to existing clients and also to new clients? Because you know, they're, they're used to people coming into their offices and working, you know, in their edit suites. Um, and so I feel like me bringing that up, they'll they'll be turned off by that idea because, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, they, they would rather have me there or there's a, this fear of like, well, is he really, you know, doing the work, things like that.
0: Got it. All right. So before March, I would agree with you. Given mm. everything that's been happening in the world since... I think that the talent pool has changed significantly and a lot of employers are actually finding there's benefits to remote work because they have a much broader pool of people that uh, can provide their talents. Let's start with the conversation you're going to have with your current uh, clients because future clients, I think it's relatively simple. You find Mm -hmm. somebody that you want to work for or somebody finds you, you say, oh yeah, no problem. I work from home. There is no negotiation. That's just what you do. That's the service that you provide. And if they're a little hesitant about that and you feel like it's going to lose you a gig that you want, then you start talking about the details, the workflow, and you talk about this is how it's going to benefit you. It's never about this is just what I want. I've had this conversation for 15 years. I've tried desperately to work from home consistently for 15 years. I've done it in every scenario except television. And now one of the benefits of the pandemic, they can even edit television from home. Um, <laughs> so works out great. But up until now, I have there has been no way to edit network television from home. But all the other jobs, all the features, the commercial work, the trailer work, everything other than the first two years where I was at a trailer company, I've done from home. But it was never about, this is my preference. It was always, here's how it's going to benefit you. But I want to talk about how to manage this with existing clients first, because you are going to get pushback. Because you've trained them to believe you are going to weather all of the commuting and you're just going to show up and you're going to be at the office and you're going to sit around and wait for notes. And that's the version of Paul that they want to continue to hire when the pandemic is over. Mm -hmm. So this comes back to our uh, previous conversations that we've had in our small groups about finances. You, first of all, need to have the confidence that it's okay to drop a client if the only thing they're willing to do is hire you in person you need to know that you can afford to do that. And you don't have to think, well, I tried, but now I guess I just am gonna have to work in the office because then you're gonna be stuck on the same hamster wheel. Right. So I want you to have the confidence that if somebody says, I'm sorry, Paul, we'd love to have you back, but you need to be here in the office. You need to know they're no longer a client for you because they don't meet your lifestyle needs, period. Done. There is no negotiation because that's a deal breaker for you now. Right. If you wanna find a bit of a middle ground and say, listen, if you want me to come in on day one, So I can set things up and I can do, and I know that you work in a lot shorter form world than I do, where sometimes a gig is only maybe three to five or maybe 10 days. But if you wanted to give them some confidence, if it's something you're willing to do, you say, I'll give you the first day beyond that, then I'm going to be working from home or conversely the last day or whatever part of the process where they're the most concerned. Those are things that can be slightly negotiable if you're willing to give them up. But ultimately, if you have an existing client that says, sorry, we don't do work from home, they're not a client anymore. It's really that something. Right. Okay. With the new ones, it's just about better understanding what their needs are and explaining to them how working from home is not only going to be just as good, but it might benefit them more. And right. part of that, if you're going to be a freelance editor while you're transitioning to writing and directing, you might need to invest in some form of technology yourself because you're saying this is non-negotiable for me. So an example would be that if you're working for, like for example, in uh, my situation, I'm gonna be working from home on season four of Cobra Kai. We're gonna be using, I'm assuming Evercast, because we used Evercast last year to do all of our streaming back and forth when the showrunners were in production in Atlanta. Then Mm. we were done with production, they came back and we worked in person. This year, it's all gonna be Evercast. There's no reason I should be expected to pay for that. That's the studio's problem, not mine. Why in the world would I pay that kind of money to have Evercast? In your case, if this is something you want, that's your responsibility. So you might decide, you know what? I should invest in some form of remote technology to make their lives as simple as possible. If they say, well, what do we do about client reviews? or the, Oh, you know what? I've got this covered. I already have, uh, well, just use Evercast as an example. I'm not saying that's one that you would do. You say, no worries. I've got an Evercast account. And it's super simple. As soon as you or any other clients or executives want to do a review, I'm going to email you a link, you click on it, you are going to have me available at any time that you need me. And they maybe start to see the benefits. The other benefit that's going to make it really worth your while, and this is totally up to you if it's worth it, you can say, because I'm not in the office, I'm even willing to reduce my rate.
1: That was my next question.
0: (laughs) That's something that I've done before, where I said, listen, this is my day rate. I'm happy to come in. Well, not really. That's what I told him. I was like, I'll I'll begrudgingly come into the office. But I said, happy to come in, but just know that I have all the equipment at home. And this was 15 years ago when there was no fast internet and you couldn't stream things back and forth. And it was the sneaker network flow. But what I would do is I would say, listen, this is my day rate. i much prefer to work from home because it gives me more flexibility to balance multiple projects at once. But I know that that's going to put a little bit of a strain on your workflow. So this is my work from home rate. I wouldn't say that until you feel you need it as a negotiating tactic because you just say this is my day rate. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you're not going to be in the office, it seems like, oh, you know what? Cool. Let's let's talk about maybe a reduced rate that I have because I understand this might be something you're not used to. My sincerest apologies for the interruption in the middle of this interview. But if you are a content creator or you work in the entertainment industry, not only is the following promo not an interruption, but listening has the potential to change your life because collaborating with Evercast is that powerful. Here's a brief excerpt from a recent interview that I did with Evercast co-founders, Brad Thomas and award-winning editor Roger Barton. Living this lifestyle
2: of a feature film editor has really had an impact on me. So I was really looking for something to push back against all of these lifestyle infringements that are imposed on us, both both by schedules and expectations. When you guys demoed Evercast for me that first time, my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, oh my God, this is what I have been waiting for for a decade.
0: I also had the same reaction when I first saw Evercast. Two words came to mind, game changer. Our goal, honestly, is to become the Zoom for creatives, whatever it is you're streaming, whether it's editorial, visual effects, pro tools for music composition, live shot cameras. It's consistent audio and video, lip sync always stays in sync. Whether you're in a live session where you're getting that feedback immediately or you can't get it immediately, so you record the session and you can share those clips with people on the production team where there's no room
2: for any confusion. It's like, this is exactly what the director wants. This is exactly what the producer wants. What matters most to me is it makes the entire process more efficient, which then translates to us as creatives who spend way too much time in front of computers. We get to shut it
0: down and we get to go spend time with our friends and family. The biggest complaint, and I'm sure you guys have heard this many, many times, Many times, this looks amazing. I just can't afford it. Tesla had to release the Model S before they released the Model 3. So by the end of the year, We are going to be releasing a sub $200 version a month of Evercast for the freelancer and indie creatives. Anyone who is a professional video creator outside of Hollywood. I think what
2: we've learned over the last few months is that this technology can translate to better lives for all of us that give us more flexibility and control while still maintaining
0: the creativity, the creative momentum, and the quality of work. I cannot stress this enough. Evercast is changing the way that we collaborate. If you value your craft, your well-being, and spending quality time with the ones you love, Evercast now makes that possible for you and me. To listen to the full interview and learn about the amazing potential that Evercast has to change the way that you work and live, visit optimizeyourself.me slash Evercast. Now back to today's interview.
1: Would you recommend... For existing clients, uh, saying hey, because because a lot of my existing clients right now, especially one that's it's a pretty big client, um, they are actually my lowest paying client now. Would you recommend saying hey, look, you know, I've increased my rate, but I'll give you the old rate if you let me work from home?
0: Yeah, I think that could be a good negotiating tactic. But I'd also okay. think about this might be a good opportunity to start dumping your bad clients. Mm -hmm. Again, this all comes down to your finances. But if you're saying, well, they're one of my biggest clients, but they're also my lowest paying, it's all going to, what I look at more than the money at a certain point, once I have the finances figured out, as we've been talking about, and you have more confidence, you know what, do I need the money? Or do I just kind of want the money? And I'm afraid of what happens if I say no. And if you're in a position where you have the confidence, you don't need the money. Then you can use working from home as your way to very gently get rid of clients you don't want anymore that aren't worth it. Mm-hmm. So for me, what I get back in my amount of time is worth more to me than what they're paying. Okay.
1: And do you think it's beneficial to work on a project rate rather than a day rate or, an, well, I don't really, I tr- usually try not to do hourly rate, but do you think it's beneficial to work on a project rate? as opposed to a day rate, because one of the issues that I think potential clients or my my current clients would have is um, they're like, well, you know, if, I, if they knew that I was going to work from, let's say, you know, eight to 12 and then do something else and then pick it back up at three, they might be like, well, what are you doing? You know, we're like we're not getting our money's worth and things like that. So I'm wondering, do you think it's worth working on a project rate and then saying, you know, these are the deadlines i'm going to hit all of them you know after you know whatever a day you know i'll I'll send you a rough cut and then uh you give me notes two days later or whatever one day later whatever it is um you know i'll have a second draft third draft and then a final or you know whatever the schedule is but just lay it out for them and say this is the schedule these are the deadlines that i'm going to hit or ask them you know what their deadlines are but you know in the end, you know, do you think it's beneficial to work on a project rate rather than a day rate?
0: I've got two separate answers for this. One of them is mm. uh, very specific. The other one is a little bit bigger picture. What mm. I want you to think about first before getting to the specifics is a mindset shift. I know you're shocked right now, me talking about a mindset <laughs> shift. What you are thinking in your mind, because this is the way that we are conditioned by corporate America and by everything else, you believe that you get paid for the hours that you work. That is not how things work anymore in the 21st century. You do not get paid for the hours you work. You get paid for the value that you provide. I don't count my hours on Cobra Kai. If I can deliver my editor's cut and half the time is everybody else, that doesn't make me less valuable. That makes me more valuable, and I should be compensated as such. I had this discussion with Sony. I had said to them very clearly, this is not about the hours that I work during the week. This is about the value that I provide you and your team and this show. So I don't want you to think anymore, well, if I'm only working from 8 to 11 and then I'm going to take a longer break and then I'm working for this other client, I'm not really giving them what they need. Nobody ever watched a commercial on television and said, looks like that editor was sloughing off while he was doing this. All they care about is the final product. So the short version is you've got to shift your mindset to understanding you provide value to somebody with your skills and your expertise. You're not a drone that gets paid for a certain number of hours. The punch-the-clock industrial revolution mentality, that's 20th century. We're done with that crap. Now that we're working from home, it's much easier to manage that idea because we don't have somebody standing over us while we're in a fishbowl of an office saying, I don't see Paul at his computer right now. I don't know if he's earning his paycheck. Like, that's a bunch of bullshit, and I'm over it. So first, well, we want to make that mindset shift.
1: I, I already feel that way, though, because um at least once per project, I always hear like, holy shit, you did that already? You so That's so quick. You know I just heard it yesterday someone said it to me, but the problem is that if i uh I feel like my clients still think that way
0: and you're you know have to train them otherwise right okay, which brings me to your second question, which is there are going to be certain circumstances where a project rate makes sense, but it has to have guidelines there is mm. nothing that's a Deeper, darker black hole than a flat rate on something, because people will take advantage of you until the day you die, unless you have guidelines. But on the flip side, the other thing I want you to think about is even if you only work for one of 10 hours in a day and you're getting paid a day rate, if you're meeting your deadlines and giving them the work that they want, who gives a crap? So I always would start with a day rate or a week rate, depending on what makes the most sense for your circumstances, never hourly at this point.
2: Because you're giving somebody
0: value with your skills, your expertise, and your ability to make good decisions. So hourly rates, no. Day rate or a weekly rate, absolutely, but don't feel guilty if you're not giving them a full 8, 10, or 12-hour day. But if you want to do a project rate because you're working from home and you're less accessible, and they're worried about the micromanaging aspect, and they're still thinking, well, is Paul really giving us 10 hours a day? First of all, help them understand it's about the value you provide. But number two, You can say, you know what, in that case, I know you're concerned about this. I really want to work with you. If we would generally do this over a five-day period and my day rate is this, we'll do it for a flat rate, but only if there are going to be three rounds of revisions. Past three rounds of revisions, then there's going to be an additional day rate or half day rate. Like You can figure out the specifics, but don't just say, sure, I'll cut your commercial for $3,000. Well, then they might say, well, we've been working on it for three weeks and the client's back, but you told us you do it for three grand they will take you for a ride.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would definitely lay out you know, specifics as far as schedule and things like that. Yeah, um, I've done
0: many, many trailers like that. Uh, up until I was editing Empire. So even while I was cutting Empire and cutting Burn Notice for the first four years of uh, my television career, I was cutting trailers on the side just so I could earn extra money. And I was putting all that money into the website, into the business. And I was doing all those on a flat rate right? because they were lower budget. But I always <laughs> told them, you get two rounds. We get to version three. It's going to cost this much. Guess how many times I went to version three? <laughs> Zero. They always figured out how to get all their notes done in two rounds because they know I would stick to those guidelines because we agreed to them. So they always got their flat rate. They always walked away with the trailer that they were happy with, and they kept feeding me more movies. But they never were able to take advantage of me because I didn't give them an all-out flat rate. I used to do that when I was much younger, and boy did I pay for it.
1: Yeah, so me I learned too. My
0: lesson. I'm sure. I'm sure you have. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, cool. So I I think um, that's it. I mean, are there, are there any other like I guess um, last tips that you would have, like you know, for working from home to make the experience better for the client? I know you mentioned you know, things like Evercast. You know, I was looking into that and FrameIO. Is there is there anything else that you would say that I can do to give my clients more confidence in me working from home and also to make the experience better for them?
0: Yes, that's a very good way to frame the question. By the way. Are there any other ways I can give my client more confidence in me working from home? The thing I would add to it is telling them you have a very clear way to communicate so you're always available. And I'll give Hmm. you an example. Um, This is probably no surprise to you or anybody else here. I disdain email. God, do I hate email. Every time I open up my email, just a giant pit in my stomach. But I've told all of you, I want you to be able to get a hold of me. Don't email me. Send me a Slack message. So, you let your clients know I can be available to you at any time. I do prioritize making sure that I can get work done and I'm not just living in my email inbox, but I have a way to make sure that if you ever need anything that's urgent, this is how you do it. Because people are really afraid with remote workflows and it's getting easier now, but they're still concerned well, what if I need you? What if there's an emergency? You want to Mm -hmm. give them the confidence they can get a hold of you. So you'd say, listen, when I'm in deep work, email is not going to be the best way, but I'm going to give you, you know, my phone number or whatever. Text message is the best way to get my attention at any time or Slack or Microsoft Teams or whatever it is. Just let them know, even though you're working from home, you're always available to them within parameters. Now, don't say 24-7 because they'll take advantage of that. But, you know, from, you know, eight in the morning until eight at night or whatever makes the most sense for you and your workflow, I'm available. This way, that's going to make them feel better. You want to jump on Zoom at any time or whatever, you send a message using this uh, communication device and I'm there like we're in the same room.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: That's going to make them feel better about remote workflows. Right. Okay, cool. Ultimately, the most important component here is you have to have the confidence to say no to people where this is non-negotiable for them because it's now non-negotiable for you too. Thank you. You feel better about this?
1: Yeah, yeah. And there were certain things that I, I, was, I was thinking, um, uh, you know, should I do this? Is this a bad move? But, you know, you helped me kind of clarify that. And, um, yeah, you know, a lot of the things I, w- I was thinking, um, you know, you brought up and answered as my dog barks in the background. No
0: worries. Um, we had yeah, a so, uh, 20 minutes ago.
1: So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, um, I feel good about everything. All right. Sounds good. Thank you,
0: sir. Thank you. Before closing up today's show, I would love to ask for just a couple additional minutes of your time and attention to introduce you to one of my new favorite products created by my good friend, Kit Perkins, who you may recognize as creator of the Topomat. Here is a brief excerpt from a recent interview that I did with Ergo Driven co-founder and CEO, Kit Perkins, talking about his latest product, New Standard Whole Protein. My goal is that for anybody that is a creative professional like myself that's stuck in front of a computer, number one, they're doing it standing on a topo mat. Number two, they've got a glass of new standard protein next to them so they can just fuel their body, fuel their brain. So uh, you and I, my friend, one edit station at a time are going to change the world. And
2: even better for your listeners with code OPTIMIZE, on either a one-time purchase or that first subscribe and save order, 50% off. So if you do that subscribe and save, that's 20% off and 50% off with code Optimized. that's a fantastic deal.
0: If you're looking for a simple and affordable way to stay energetic, focused, and alleviate the chronic aches and pains that come from living at your computer, I recommend New Standard Whole Protein because it's sourced from high quality ingredients that I trust and it tastes great. To place your first order, visit optimizeyourself.me newstandard new standard and use the code optimize for 50% off your first order. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Hot Seat Fridays. If you find this new format valuable, please reach out and let us know. Just go to optimizeyourself.me contact to leave your honest feedback. And if after listening, you are wishing that you could schedule your own hot seat session, I invite you to join our community of optimizers, where you are going to find all of the support and connections you need to optimize every aspect of your life. Just go to optimizeyourself.me optimizer to learn more about the various coaching and mentorship options available so you and I can start working together. And as a quick reminder to subscribe so you don't miss future interviews just like this one, please visit optimizeyourself.me podcast. And a special thanks to our sponsors Evercast and ErgoDriven for making today's interview possible. To learn more about how to collaborate remotely without missing a frame, and to get your real-time demo of Evercast in action, visit optimizeyourself.me Evercast. And to learn more about Ergo Driven and my favorite product for standing workstations, the Topo Mat, visit optimizeyourself.me Topo. That's T-O-P-O. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, healthy, and sane, and be well.